Should Edith and Archie live off their non-qualified accounts and pay Roth conversion taxes from their 401k? How can Johnny from Knoxville do Roth conversions and stay in a low tax bracket? That's today on Your Money, Your Wealth podcast number 421. Plus, at age 31, are Shad and his wife saving enough money for retirement? What should Tech Chick be doing with her severance package after being laid off from her tech industry job? Finally, listen your comments on retirement plan education, Roth conversions, and the five-year Roth blocks. I'm producer Andy Last, and here are the hosts of Your Money, Your Wealth, Joey Anderson CFP, and Big Al Clopine CPA. We got Edith and Archie from Texas. Dear Andy, Big Al, and Joe, Ladies first, Andy. Am I spelling your name correctly? Archie did spell my name correctly, yes. I think it's Edith. Is it Edith? Ladies first. No, I think Archie is referring to me as being the lady. But it's Edith and Archie. So they're writing together? Read on. We'll find out maybe. Yeah. I got a question. What is the proper... So if, if I start a letter of Edith and Archie, wouldn't you assume the first person... That is on that is the one that is writing. I, I think that's that a fair that's a fair assumption. That's a fair assumption. Okay. All right. Yeah. Although it says Edith is 55 and I am 53. Okay. So I, I think... should have just kept reading. Yeah, that's what I said. Okay. I'm sorry. <laughs> uh, just loving the show. Andy keeps the whole thing from flying off the tracks. Big Al's the straight guy with the killer dry humor. Joe cuts through the noise and keeps us all laughing. All right. The banter chemistry is wonderful. Please keep it up. All right. Some background. Let's go with Edith and Archie from Texas. Yes. Those were the days. Edith is 55. Oh, I get it now. Because you put that up there like that, and you're just following. See, Andy? You always get me confused sometimes. Makes for great content, Joe. It does. It does. <laughs> Let's go with Edith and Archie. All right. So yeah. Edith is 55. I'm 53. I have a 23-year-old son who is fully launched, two daughters in high school, and one much-loved 14-year-old cat that, for the purposes of this letter, we'll call NFL. Good name for a cat. Yeah. <laughs> I've worked various jobs for a large manufacturing company for decades, and my income over the past 10 years or so has mostly ranged from 200 to $250,000 a year. Edith has spent that time at home using her brilliance in her herding skills to guide her kids and me through life. Year to year savings range between 40 to 50% of our gross income. If you include our company match, saving comes easy for us. Yeah. Geez. 40 or yeah, 50%. I'll, I'll say, <laughs> are you, are you at a 50% rate, Joe? Um, no, I wish. <laughs> yeah. Me neither. Now, I was at one point, but then you pop out a kid, you get married, and yeah, that and changes wheel, everything. Just completely, just comes right out <laughs> the, the world. Right, right. The good old days. Those were the days. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm with you, Art. <laughs> Spending is really harder for us than saving. Uh, we drive a 10 year old Hyundai, our fancy new car, and a 20 year old minivan. We all actually prefer driving the old minivan. We don't drink a ton, but we tend to like tequila with a little mixer for Edith, straight for me. All right. Well, tequila. We're worth a total of $2.7 million, $1.7 in deferred plans, $100,000 in a Roth, $300,000 in a brokerage account, $600,000 in our home, no debt. Other than the house and $200,000 of money market funds, all assets are in equity-based index funds. 
The retirement plan. Here's the rough plan based on what we've learned from listening to your show. So far, we have not used a financial planner. So here's the bullet points. Retire three years and utilize the 55-year rule to access my 401k plan if needed. Number two, sell our house and pretty much all of our stuff and begin slow traveling the world, mainly Mexico, Central, and South America. We'll keep a very modest apartment as home base in the U.S. We expect a very low cost of living, although I use more than twice our expected expenses when trying to forecast the viability of the plan, and we have incorporated a pre-Medicare health, college, and wedding expenses. Live off of savings and house proceeds, so nearly no taxable income. Start Roth conversions to the top of the 12 or 15% tax bracket each year until 70, unless each less after that because of Social Security, we estimate at 75 total between Edith and me starting Social Security at age 70. If we do that, and after incorporating an inheritance along the way, when I turn 75 and need to turn on RMDs, we should be worth just under $8 million, $2 million in brokerage, $1.5 million in deferred, and about $4.5 million in Roth, divided all that in half for our downside scenario, ready, aim, spitball. All right. Okay. I think he's got a spreadsheet, Al. (laughs) I think so, too. Archie the engineer. I think he just grinds on these numbers all night, all day. Yeah, I think he's been thinking about this for a long time. I think he's got a countdown. He's got a clock. Yeah. His retirement. You think he's in a you think he's in a job he doesn't particularly like? So let's (laughs) I gotta make it to 55 according to YMYW. He's just dreaming about drinking tequila in South (laughs) Mexico, South America. Yeah. I love the concept. Uh, he's got the, how old is this guy? He's uh, 53? 53. So he's got to wait a couple of years before he can retire. All right. He's got two years. Okay. Yeah. So he's got a specific question. When yeah. currently planning to our safe or non-qualified funds for living expenses and pay the taxes on our conversions with additional funds pulled from the 401k. So, for example, if $110,000 were the top of the 12% tax bracket, then we'd likely get about $95,000 into the Roth and take an additional $15,000 out of the 401k in cash to pay the tax. Please go deep on this part of our plan. Pros and cons. Well, you. All right. <laughs> no, I wouldn't take out any more under the overall retirement account. You just look at what your taxable income is and then convert to the top of the 12 and pay the tax outside of the 401k plan. Yeah, but I think what he's suggesting is he might be going through that. Well, well, maybe not. He'll have the home sale, right? He's already got how much in a non-qualified account? 300 grand. 300. So let's say he's got 300 and let's say 600 for the home. Let's say he nets 500. So he'll have 800,000. So that's a lot. So yeah, you're right, Joe. He can live off of that and just do the conversion and then also pay the taxes from that. You don't have to take it out of the 401k. I would recommend his strategy if he had no money outside of retirement, because in this particular case, if he doesn't do the Roth conversions, starting with the 1.7 million in deferred plans, plus what he's going to add at age 53, by the time he gets to RMD age, gosh, so 2 million double, 4 million to 8 million potentially 
right, at RMD age. So it's really important that he does it. And if he didn't have money outside of retirement, I would say, yeah, I would go ahead and do his plan up to the 12 or 15% bracket. But because he has money outside of retirement account, then I would use that. So I agree with you, Joe. So I don't understand why he's waiting at age 55, because he's uh, he's going to retire in three years to utilize the 55 rule to access the 401k if needed. Yeah. He's going to have plenty of money outside if he lives that frugally in Mexico. Right or Central America, he's well, that, yeah, true. Condo, but what he's just for emergency cases that he wants to, to. I think, I guess so, yeah, and maybe that's not a bad call. Maybe, maybe you work two more years just, just in case. But all you're really doing is buying four and a half years, right? Because at fifty nine and a half, then you can get the money out without penalty anyway, right? So you're basically buying insurance, I guess, if you will, between fifty five and fifty nine and a half by waiting to retire then. But yeah, I mean, basically, I would tend to agree with you based upon these numbers and cheap living, you could probably do it sooner, but then you just wouldn't have the 401k as a fallback. Yeah, but the only part of this plan, Archie, that makes it really hard for us to spitball, let alone, you know, take a spit is how much is he spending? Well, he didn't say, but he's basically (laughs) suggesting that he's going to spend very little. Yeah, what is that? And, Ten grand a year, or is that well, fifty grand a year? I don't know, but when you look at his point about he took all his expenses, including the extra cost for health insurance and college and wedding expenses, then and he doubled it. So and he still thinks he's okay. So I mean, we don't know what the calculation. So we can't. <laughs> we, we, That's we, the problem. Yeah, we we can't really say whether this is a good plan or not. But based upon everything else he's done, which seems pretty detailed, <laughs> I'm assuming he's done that math. Right, but I, I have to see what the spreadsheets are. I have to see what you're using for assumptions because it's like, all right, well, here we're gonna do all of this. I doubled my living expenses, and we're gonna live. We're gonna rent it. Uh, we're gonna sell the house, but we're gonna have a, a home base you know, apartment or condo, you know, here in the States. And, you know, by the time I'm 75, I'm going to have $8 million. <laughs> like, okay. Yeah. <laughs> well, well that, that could be true. He's got, he's got 2 million today and he's going to have 8 million and 75 retired without any income, without saving money. Well, so, so you need to understand a little bit more for us that spitball, I guess is my point. True. So but, are but, you saying that you want people to actually send you their spreadsheets when they send you a spitball question? Sure. Absolutely. Yeah. And I will not read them. Exactly. (laughs) (laughs) Well, let me put it this way. If he spends very little, then that 2 million will probably grow. That's number one. And number two is he mentioned an inheritance, which we have no idea. Oh yeah. If if it's an inheritance of (laughs) 7.5. If if it's a nice fat one, then you're good. (laughs) Yeah. I've read the numbers and by at age 74, I'm going to get a $7.5 million inheritance. So yeah. what do you think? I'll be golden. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there's a lot we don't know, but I would say based upon what we do know, I I think I think it's a fine plan assuming your numbers make sense and your assumptions make sense. I would probably work till 55 just to have the extra cushion if you need the 401k. I would do the Roth conversions. I would live off the non-qual, which would be what you have right now plus the home sale and have fun. All right. Thanks, Edith and Archie. We got Johnny from Knoxville, Tennessee. Hi, Joe, Al, and Andy. We love YMYW here in East Tennessee. Well, we love you right back. (laughs) These Tennessee winters are unpredictable. Today, it's 80 degrees. 
And we are told it will be back in the 30s by the weekend. I'm going to drive a Ford F-150. Unless I'm enjoying my cold Bud Light. Yeah. My friends, Bob and Betty, want to restart partial Roth conversions and stay in the 12% tax bracket. Why is John from Knoxville calling for Bob and Betty? <laughs> because he's Bob and Betty. <laughs> <laughs> Or he's an advisor for Bob and Betty. Yeah, he's. Yeah, he's. Yeah. Oh, that's funny. Uh, Want to restart partial Roth conversions and see in that twelve percent tax bracket? They are both sixty-seven yell and retired, drawing on Social Security of forty-eight thousand. They take twelve thousand dollars in IRA distributions each year and have no additional income or dependents. The questions are how much. Can they convert to Roth and or add to the IRA distribution and stay in that 12% tax bracket? Secondly, how can anyone calculate federal income taxes for estimated quarterly payments using the above extra income? They would like to use Roth conversions, but are concerned the extra tax increases cancel that benefit. Please spitball taxation of Social Security benefits, then explain Social Security benefits. And what else does this guy want? And a pony. <laughs> Please write it down and say, Dear Bob and Betty, from your advisor, John. <laughs> Listen to this podcast. It'll answer your question. All right. Good question, John. It is. A, it actually does a good question. Because there's this thing called provisional income. And mm -hmm. then when this provisional income gets to a certain rate, then all of a sudden the Social Security becomes taxable, right? So if your income's at a level, your Social Security is tax-free. And then as your provisional income increases, and then all of a sudden it's like, oh, part of your Social Security is going to be subject to income tax. So 50% of the benefit could be subject to income tax. Or as your income continues to increase, then 85% of the benefit is going to be subject to income tax. So you have to be really careful of what type of income that you're putting on your tax return not to blow yourself up by – because another dollar of taxable income could be another dollar 85 of income because you're increasing the amount of social security income that is subject to tax. Yeah. So, and let's talk about how that happens. So in this case, provisional income is half of social security. So half of 48,000 is 24. And then you also have another 12,000 from uh, IRA. Okay. So provisional income is 36,000, which puts you in a 50% taxable bracket for social security. So if you do a Roth conversion, not only is the conversion itself going to be taxed at 12%, but now you're going to take 50 cents on a dollar and have that taxed at 12%, which adds another 6%. So a conversion right now would be taxed at 18%, not 12, because you're paying more tax on social security income than you would have otherwise. And that's not necessarily a bad strategy if this is what their situation is going to be forever, then go ahead and maximize that 50% bracket. And if that's true, then maybe all you want to convert is about $8,000 because the top of the 50% bracket is provisional 40, is 44,000. So in, if, that, if this is a similar situation that they're going to be in forever, I would convert $8,000 only and call it good. On the other hand, Joe, if let's say they're IRAs are really big. Yeah, we don't even and, know the size. And, of and if the required minimum distributions are going to be gigantic, 
then yeah, you're going to pay extra on social security taxes now, but you're going to have to pay it anyway. So we kind of need to know that to know what the best way to go is. Like, let's just say IRA balances are 2 million. I'll just make up a number and the RMD will be around $80,000 that you add to this. You're going to be at an 85% social security rate anyway. And so you might as well convert to the top of the 12% bracket. And I think if you take your income of uh, 48, well, I don't social security, I'd have to, I can't even do that in my head because I don't even know how much of that's taxable because some will be 0% taxable and some will be 50% taxable, but you can probably do a lot of conversion, you know, 70, 80,000 maybe conversion and still stay in the 12% bracket, but just realize it's going to be more than a 12% tax because all of a sudden more of your social, social security income will be taxable. Yep. Well said. Just to kind of put this in a bow, when you're in those lower brackets claiming Social Security, you have to look at provisional income, not taxable income or adjusted gross income or anything else like that, because then that gauges how much your Social Security is going to be taxed. So if your provisional income is under $32,000, if you're married, your Social Security is tax-free, 32 to 44 then 50% of your benefit is going to be subject to income tax. Not a 50% tax, 50% of the benefit is subject to tax. And then once you hit over that 44,000 for married finally jointly, then 85% of that benefit is subject to tax. So you just have to look at that provisional income and just be wary that, all right, if you increase income, yes, more social security is going to be subject to tax. So yeah, the tax rate that you're actually going to pay on that conversion or whatever distribution is going to be higher than the marginal rate that you're paying because now more social security is subject to tax that wouldn't be so yeah and as how you figure the taxes is you just do a tax projection with whatever roth conversion that you want to do with your other income it'll tell you what your total tax is you compare that to any withholding that you have whatever the difference is is the tax you have to pay divide it by four pay that quarterly Get all those questions about your taxes answered live. Register for our free tax planning webinar on Wednesday, March 29th at noon Pacific, 3 p.m. Eastern Time. Pure Financial's tax planning manager, Amanda Cook, CPA, will explain the latest tax legislation and how it impacts you, your family, and your retirement taxes. And she'll help you strategize to lower that tax liability. Go to the podcast show notes, register for the tax planning webinar, and download free financial resources. The complete Roth Papers package is there. It includes the ultimate guide to Roth IRAs, the five-year rules for Roth IRA withdrawals, and the Roth Basics Guide. Also, get yourself a copy of the 2023 Key Financial Data Guide. This is the exact same guide that Joe and Big Al used during the YMYW podcast. You'll see at a glance the 2023 tax brackets, capital gains tax rates, retirement plan contribution limits, taxation on Social Security, Medicare premiums, and more credits and deductions, exemptions, distributions, and exclusions than you can shake a stick at. Click the link in the description of today's episode in your favorite podcast app. Go to the show notes for all these financial resources, all free, courtesy of Your Money, Your Wealth. Got Shad from Smith Grove, Kentucky. I hope that I'm following proper pro protocols, submitting my question the correct way. I believe you are, Shad. I think you're in a good, good spot here. So far, so good. <laughs> <laughs> Both my wife and I are 31. She's a nerd anesthetist. I, mean, I knew that was going to be a fun one. Anesthetist, right? That's Close enough. <laughs> anesthetist. 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 Oh. Yeah, that, that's a hard one. Huh. And I'm a firefighter. <laughs> that's an easy thing to say. These Shit, are some essential workers we got here. 
that sounds like <laughs> firefighter. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, it does. Like, yeah, I think if you're born with the name of Shad, you're gonna be something cool you're like that. Badass. You're gonna <laughs> save lives. You're gonna put your <laughs> life on the line. Right. All right. Okay. We've only been investing within the past couple of years. I listen to your podcast weekly. My wife refuses to listen to boring financial podcasts. Oh, Chad, you gotta just put it on at the dinner table. (laughs) (laughs) One crazy guy did. That may not go over well. Being only 31, they may not have a lot of history together. Who knows? Well, come on. Chad is (laughs) just like Superman. He can say whatever he wants. That's what I'm afraid of. Yes. (laughs) She prefers murder podcasts. So maybe you can do a murder financial podcast episode to get her involved. Oh, we got to get on that. Right. We need a question, tax question or investment question involving a murder. Yes. <laughs> so you guys have one. <laughs> Send it in. We can come up with something. We have two dogs, an eight-year-old mutt lab and an eight-year-old mutt golden doodle. His favorite snacks is my wife's underwear. Good boy. Here we go. <laughs> I drive a 2016 Chevy Silverado. My wife drives a 2023 Hyundai Palisade. I enjoy a nice bourbon on the rocks and or a Sam Adams Boston Lager. My wife prefers to drink a red wine on the weeknights and a little margarita or some bubbles. I guess that's <laughs> champagne. Rheingeist bubbles. It's actually neither beer nor hard seltzer, and it's fruit flavored. Rheingeist? So it's hard craft beverage. All right, cool. Well, very good. We also have a two-year-old angel demon in the making. Uh, she's the cause <laughs> of endless amount of joy and rapidly graying hair. Combined income is a base salary of two hundred fifty-five thousand, with potential to earn more via overtime inside hustle. Ninety-seven thousand in my wife's four hundred one k, thirty thousand in my four fifty-seven, twelve thousand in the Roth, twenty-eight hundred dollars in a brokerage account. 2000 in an HSA, 42,000 in my pension after five years of service. Who knows if it'll be available when I retire? My wife's company was recently bought out by another, and she has some changes to the overall retirement plan. They offer $180,000 base salary, pre tax 401k, Roth 401k, maximum match 4% of wages, and they also have 3% of total earning profit sharing. I fear my attempt at the three bucket strategy will cause more of a headache than anything. Wanting to consistently save around $55,000 a year, not counting company matches or a pension. I love a spitball on how you would allocate and where we should be putting our focus, especially with our pre-tax 401k and Roth 401k. Looking at retiring between 55 and 60, spending about $120,000 a year. Are we saving enough? All right, Shad. Yes, looking good. So far, so good. Yeah, so I did a little math, Joe, just to help us out. Okay. So starting with 140000 and adding another fifty five, fifty six thousand 56000 per year, I just said for 25 years-ish, that's 6%. They end up with about $3.7 million. Okay. And retiring at that age, you probably wouldn't want to do any more than a 3% distribution. Mm-hmm. So I would say that's 111000 Plus pension, he mentioned of forty-two thousand. Maybe it'll be more by then, but just go with that. So that's one hundred fifty-three thousand, which does meet his goal of one hundred fifty. 
but there's a huge caveat and that is if you want if you're wanting to spend 150,000 in today's dollars it's a lot more than that so 150,000 in future dollars currently would be about 72,000 so if the plan spending is more like 72,000 in today's dollars with a 3% inflation rate then you're right on track Otherwise, it may be a bit much, but this is before any knowledge of what the pension could be. It's before any knowledge of what Social Security could be, so, if any. Uh, I ran some math here, and I ran it at 7%. Let's say he's got $150,000 right now. He saves $55,000 a year. Over the next 25 years, it's 7%. Yeah. It's $4.5 million. Okay. All right. So, yeah, if he saved that one, maybe he could get eight over a 25, 30-year time period. Maybe. You know? If he goes... You know, 70, 80% stocks, 20, 30% bonds. He's 31, right? Yeah. And so they're making a ton of income now. He's a firefighter. He's going to retire early. Then he's probably going to double dip. He's going to get the pension. Then he's going to go back to work. He's going to do something else. Probably yeah, so. That's what a lot of our clients are that are firefighters yeah. do. Wife makes a ton of money and she's 31 and she's already making a couple hundred thousand dollars a year almost. I mean, the income is only going to probably continue to go up from there. Yeah. So here's my... So this is what I would do, Shad. So go to the 401k with a match, right? So you're at $255,000 minus that 200. So I would max out your 457 plan because you want to get into that 22% tax bracket. That 22% tax bracket is $190,000, right? So let's say if she maxes that out, so let's call it $25,000. So you still have another 25,000 to save. I would go everything else into a Roth IRA. How you look at it is that now you're in that 22% tax bracket. I feel that that's a pretty good rate. And then all your other savings, if you have a Roth 457, but she sounds like she's got the Roth 401k, you have the 457 plan. We'll save your firefighter income into the 457 plan pre-tax. Yeah, you're contributing the max 15,600. She might have to put a little bit more into the pre-tax 401k. But if you don't want to hassle with this or have a headache about it, have her go 100% Roth 401k and then fill out. Um, and then you guys can do a couple Roth IRAs as well. That's yeah. And, yeah. And I agree with that. I, I would definitely slant the Roth IRA, particularly at age 31. Incomes generally go up. And of course, we're doing a 25-year plan, assuming nothing changes, <laughs> right? Which isn't realistic. So I guess back of the envelope, I think it looks good. I just want to caution you, depending upon what your retirement goals are, just make sure you consider inflation. Yeah. And where I came up with that is that if you look at the tax rate at $190,000 of taxable income and above, you're at a 24% rate. So you want to maybe stay out of the 24 and get into the 22. But the 22 is going to turn into 25 in a couple of years anyway. So, I mean, I'm even comfortable with the 24% tax bracket at age 31 to fully fund everything that you can, the full 55,000 going to the Roth 401k. I don't know if the 457 has a Roth component. It probably doesn't. So he has to go pre-tax, but everything of your wife and then your Roth IRAs, make sure that you max that out. And that's what I would do. Yeah, I agree with that. that. Uh, hi there. I've been listening to your podcast and learning a lot. Thanks for continuing to explain. Roth, mega backdoor tips in all the guidance you share. I love you to spitball what I should be doing with my upcoming severance package. Let me see what you think. All right, little severance question here, Big L. Yeah, okay, cool. Got your, got your calculator ready? I do. It's on all the right. floor. Oh, it's on the floor, but I'll grab it. <laughs> First up, 
We're a Honda in a Toyota family with a rogue Chevy Avalanche. My drink of choice is a fresh mojito, but preferably boring water. We also have a mixed mutt pup who sleeps so much, he might as well be a cat. <laughs> My partner and I are in our mid-40s. He's a government worker in a very stable job, makes $115,000. He's also on his medical insurance. He would like to retire early by next fall when our teens go to college. But still work gig jobs to fund his hobbies like golf and skiing. I work in tech and make $300,000 with a 30% annual bonus and a million dollars in restricted stock units that vest monthly over four years. Wow. I got to get into tech. Wow. Yeah, let's do it. <laughs> As of April 1st, it changes to $0 for me because I'm part of a recent wave of tech layoffs. Okay, never mind. <laughs> That's it. I like to retire now or actually yesterday. As severance from the layoff, I receive about $120,000 cash payout and $125,000 invested RSUs by May 1st. Our net worth is about $3.3 million. So $314,000 in RSUs, $400,000 in stocks. Here, hold on one, one second. Here's the math. So $1.8 million of liquid. Okay. So we can I can skip all this? Yep. We also have 15, 15 single family homes worth 1.5 million. 15 with a hundred thousand dollars a pop. It's uh it's a lot. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it must be, it must not be where do they live? Rocky Mountain, Colorado, probably. Yeah, it's probably not in Denver, I'm guessing. It's someplace else. Cash flowing about five or six thousand dollars a month. We plan to 1031 exchange two to three poor performers and reinvest it in better cash flow properties this year or next year. Uh, we paid off most of them using my past RSU and annual bonuses. We have a few mortgages totaling $423,000 at about 3% interest. We rent and don't own a home because you own 15 <laughs> homes. Right. We got no credit card debt. We use them for living expenses, plus those travel miles. We pay them off monthly. Expenses are about $20,000 a month right now. We know it's a lot. Need to keep cutting down on our travel, food, and discretionary spending. So my questions are, you think I can retire instead of returning to the tech world or even take two to three years off? What should we do with the severance of the $300,000 in cash just sitting in savings? What should we do to speed up an early retirement or just to have more time? Time freedom. Uh, time freedom. I hope that wasn't too long to read on the show. Yes, it was very long. <laughs> but you still read it. Well, we you kind of helped me with a little bit of it there. Yeah, we got yeah, shortened a, a bit. Thank you for your spitball and our situation. Keep up the awesome work on the pod. Love it. Sign text. Tech chick from Mile High Rocky Mountains. Okay, let's do some math. Let's help her out. Okay, so I did a little math, and you can you can take it from there. So I just said, well, she got one point eight liquid, going to get another couple hundred thousand severance, so two million. At this age, late or mid forties, you probably wouldn't want more than a two and a half percent distribution rate. 
if you're not going to ever work again. So I'll start with that premise, which then would be, you could take about $50,000 from the portfolio. And then you've got about $60,000 from rental property income. So that gives you a 110. You're spending 240. So you're about 130,000 short. So it doesn't work. It doesn't even come close to working based upon the numbers you, you gave us. Now, if you can figure out a way to make up that shortfall of 130,000 between maybe you guys working part-time, less stressful jobs, maybe that could work. Of course, you're going to want to cut your spending as you already suggested. Or here, here's one other, one other thought, Joe. If you're really burned out, take a year off. And then you'll probably be bored of that. And then you'll feel refreshed to get back into the working world. That, that's probably the, the best answer. And hopefully by then, AI hasn't taken over all the tech jobs. Yeah, and, and it won't. It's coming, <laughs> but it's not there yet. Yeah, to, at, at 20000 so so they're spending $240,000 a year. Yeah, and, and my math says they could generate one ten. Yeah, they need a few more million dollars here, unfortunately. Yeah, yeah. To live the kind of life they're used to living. Now, if you can chop your expenses in half, (laughs) which is hard to do, but if you could, you could have a lot more time freedom. Or if you're okay cutting your expenses a lot, but but then still working part-time, yeah, that that could, you know, do some side hustles and make 50, 60,000 and cut the rest in spending. It's all, all these things are possible. Okay, so she gets $6,000 a month from the rentals. So that's 72,000. Okay? Yeah, I took yeah, I took 5 being the lower number of 60,000, but somewhere in there, 60 to 70. And then they got 2 million liquid, Al? Yeah, with the severance and vested RSEs. All right. So let's say if at $2 million, let's say they take 3% out. So okay. that's 60,000. Yep. Plus seventy two thousand is one hundred thirty two thousand, yep. and maybe they work part time, making you know sixty seventy thousand or thirty thousand a piece. Yeah, and then cut the rest in expenses. Right, it, so it, it, can, making, it can be done. You're making two hundred thousand there, or if you can live off of one hundred thirty thousand dollars a year, eleven thousand instead of the twenty thousand, yeah, a, a month. So if you want to travel, if you, I mean, they should join, what's his name? That's going to South America and spending like $4 <laughs> a month. Yeah. Right. On, on, and most of that's on tequila. They, they, right. <laughs> that's true. <laughs> yeah. So I got 110, you got 130. So yeah, somewhere in there is what you can spend. But like I say, another approach is to just, you know what, take a year off, live off the severance and RSUs for the rest of the year. And then, you know what, if you're, you may get bored, I'm just thinking mid forties, Joe, would you want to retire fully tomorrow? Absolutely. I know you would, (laughs) but, but after, after six months to a year, I'm pretty sure you would want to come back and do something. Yeah. Yeah, Especially if you're home with the kids. Yeah. (laughs) It may just be three months, Joe. Yeah. (laughs) Maybe three weeks. (laughs) I mean, for like 15 years, I didn't take a vacation. So yeah. Now it's like, okay, I could see myself slowing down a little bit, but yeah, that's just happened over the last year. So I get mid forties, you know, you kind of get this little burnout stage where no, I get it. Remember when I was what 47, I was planning to retire. Yeah. You remember those days? (laughs) I do remember those days. (laughs) I had a nice real estate portfolio and then the great recession hit and that 
kind of took care of a lot of that. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. But, you know, it's funny with little tech chick here is that, hey, they got three and a half million dollars in assets. Yeah. Right. So yeah. let's just say if you take your three point three million dollars. And you take a 3% burn rate on that. How much is that? A hundred grand? Yeah. So yes. yep. is, is capping at around five. It sounds like cash flow on one, one and a half and at 72,000. Yeah. It's so good. $3 million. I mean, it produces a hundred thousand dollars of income, you know, at that age, you don't want to yep. take probably any more than three or 4%. So you've got a hundred, hundred twenty thousand dollars on three million dollars. You think three million? Wow, we can retire. We're done. Let's go off right. in the sunset. But in actuality, at retiring at that age, making the amount of money that they are making, they're used to spending and going on trips, and you know, it's really hard to to replicate that type of income without a lot more dollars behind that. Well, yeah. And some people listening to this might say, man, $3 million, I could retire tomorrow. But it all depends upon what you're spending and what you're used to spending. I have seen people cut their expenses drastically, but that's unusual, I would say. Usually people get used to spending a certain level and they can cut a little bit here and there. Joe, how many times have we talked to people that say, I, I don't spend lavishly? And then we find out they're spending 30 grand a month. It's like, yeah. well, for some people, that seems a little lavish, but... <laughs> <laughs> but like you're in your mid forties, it's going to be hard to spend less than what they're spending. Right. When you're retired. If I'm in my, let's say late seventies, I could see myself spending less. Yeah. Because you're probably not going to be nearly as active, but if you're in your forties, you're probably going to do different hobbies and go to, you know, do different things. And it's Saturday every single day. Yeah. And so what do you think these people do on Saturday is they probably spend more money on Saturday than they do on a Tuesday. You go, you go golfing, you go skiing, you go shopping. Yeah. <laughs> All these things cost money. Absolutely. So um, it, it's, it's, it, it's a little tricky. There's ways to do this if you really want to, but it's a combination of probably working part-time and cutting expenses pretty significantly. Or like I say, if you just want a break, take a year sabbatical, you've got enough assets to do that and then go back to work after that. Yeah. But I mean, you're, you're in high tech, you take a week off, you're screwed. Well, it can't, it, it depends, right? It depends what your specialty is. Right. right? I you, mean, it's, it's, I was going to say a bad word. The, that stuff travels faster than the speed of light. You know, so you take a week, a year off, and you try to get back into high tech. They'll be like, you know, it's what, like you what were you doing? On, yeah, you, know, um, you, you were in Peru doing what? <laughs> well, I know, uh, well, well, there is that, but I do think tech people, if they've got it specially in demand, I think they can talk their way out of it. I really do. All right. Well, good luck. Let us know what you do. Get a retirement spitball analysis of your own. Click the link in the description of today's episode in your favorite podcast app. Go to the show notes, then click Ask Joe and Big Al on air and tell the fellas the relevant details, like your name, ages, and location. The ages and location should be real, but the names can be whatever you want. Also, let Joe and Big Al know when you and your spouse, if you have one, want to retire, how much you think you'll need to spend annually in retirement, how much you make and save now, what you have saved, and in what types of accounts, whether it's 401k, Roth, brokerage, etc. 
and also give us any other relevant financial details. And don't forget the irrelevant details to help Joe better visualize your situation. We need to know when or how you listen to YMYW, your drink of choice, that's important to Joe, your pets, what you drive, anything else you want to share. Because the show would not be a show without you. So ask Joe and Big Al to get your retirement spitball analysis, to ask a money question, or to send in a comment like these folks did. Donna from Valencia, she writes in Big Al, she goes, hey, I just wanted to thank you both for your dedication to financial education. Hey, thank you. I'm a doctor. Well, thank you, doctor, for your lifetime of education to heal us. Yes. I have a high net worth. Of course you do. And have met several financial planners, quote, unquote, over the years. Sadly, not one, all capitals, <laughs> of these people ever mentioned what a Roth conversion is, nor has my CPA ever brought it up. I have no idea I could do these. Your show on this subject was a light bulb moment for me. I cannot thank you enough. I am now off to creating a new strategy. I've already had a discussion. Um. Had I known about Roth conversion sooner, I would have done them a long time ago. All right. Well, thank you, Donna. I appreciate that. Dr. Donna. Dr. Donna. Uh, Let's see. So, Joe and Big Al is from Deborah from St. Louis, Missouri. I could not have been, oh, I could not have loved your reaction more to my 401k guidance on safe harbor plans in the need for ACP testing. Oh, is this? um, This is Deborah. When we keep botching the 401k stuff. <laughs> top heavy. Yeah. Got top heavy. Uh, she goes chapter and verse for you on the next page. Oh boy. Uh, <laughs> need for ACP testing when there are after-tax contributions allowed in the plan, which was news to you. I think I now have to give you some additional thoughts. I got to take care of my favorite podcast host. And Andy, I love that you just wing it and still teach us so much. I'm not sure about we teach anything. <laughs> we, we, we do wing it. We do have a chat. <laughs> uh, thanks for letting me teach you a bit. Vesting schedules on a match. Super common in almost 30 years of a career in retirement plans. I have to say that most non-safe harbor 401k plans have a vesting schedule on a match and profit share. Oh, this goes on. Deborah's really getting into this. <laughs> Even safe harbor plans who have to vest the safe harbor uh, contributions 100% immediately, typically have a vesting schedule on any profit sharing. So you are confusing a few tests, but you're in good company. So, Deborah, thank you for educating us on retirement plans. Yeah, because we we don't know this stuff. I think the essence of what we said is right, but maybe we said the wrong test. Probably. David writes in, he's like, hey, I believe he gave incorrect information on the podcast on Secure Act 2.0, retirement rich cash poor about Roth conversions. When doing a Roth conversion, each and every separate conversion starts a new five-year clock for when withdrawals can be made. Also, have to be over 59 and a half years old. The standard rule that the principal amount can be withdrawn under five years is incorrect for conversions. All right. Yeah, I agree with that. I think we've said that a hundred times. But I I have a feeling that David misheard it. The five-year clock 
Here we All go. Right. <laughs> if I do a Roth conversion, all right, at age 57, all right, I have a five year okay. clock on earnings. Yep. If that was my only Roth IRA, correct. Let's say I started a Roth IRA at 30. Well, though they weren't around then if I was 57. So let's say 47, 40 years old. So over five years. Yeah. If I do a Roth conversion at age 57, that Roth conversion doesn't have its own separate five-year clock once I'm over age 59 and a half. Right. But let's say you did it when you were 51, then you'd have to wait till 56 to be able to withdraw the principal. You couldn't get the earnings until 59 and a half. Yeah, of course. But I think where he's telling us that we're wrong is that the five-year clock on conversions, each conversion has its own separate five-year clock. But if I do a Roth conversion at 55, 56, 57, 58, and then 59, the Roth conversion at 59, I don't have to wait until 64 to get access to that money. Right. Once you're 59 and a half, you can always get your principal. You may have to wait on earnings until you've had a a single Roth for at least five years, right? Correct. But yeah, so it's confusing though. And Joe, you've taught classes where people said you're wrong. And it's like, it's very confusing because there's different rules if you're under 59 and a half or over 59 and a half. And then it gets super complicated when you're close to 59 and a half, right? Yeah. So so it can be tricky and it's easy to misunderstand. But, um, but yeah, the basic rule is that when you do a conversion, under 59 and a half, you've got to wait five years to be able to have access to that principal. Unless you turn 59 and a half within that five years, then you have access to the principal, but you cannot have access to any of the earnings and growth, right? Until you reach age 59 and a half. 59 and a half and five years, right? Whichever is, is longer. longer. That's right. But each conversion has its own five-year clock because that was established for people avoiding the 10% penalty for early withdrawal. So you at least have to get past 59 and a half, but then each conversion doesn't have its own five-year clock anymore. If you already had a Roth established prior to five years, once you reach age 59 and a half. Right. So there's different five-year clocks for earnings versus conversions <laughs> versus yep. Younger than 59 and a half versus older. So it's super confusing. I I do sympathize. All right, David, we are not wrong. <laughs> for the record. Right. All right. Uh, that's it for us again. Thank you so much for listening. Keep your questions coming in. Uh, hopefully Big Al will um, make it back to San Diego someday. <laughs> New Zealand, Hawaii. When are you back? Next week? Couple weeks? Yeah, next week. All right. Sounds good. We'll see you then. All right. All right. That's it for us. We'll see you next time. David, please refer to our guide to the five-year rules for Roth IRA withdrawals, which is part of the complete Roth Papers package, which you'll find in the podcast show notes for confirmation. All in the family, Shad, Rogue Chevys, and Rheingeist Bubbles in the derails at the end of the episode, so stick around. Do us a favor and tell your friends, your family, colleagues, strangers on the street about YMYW. Another way to help new listeners find the show is by leaving your honest reviews and ratings for your Money, Your Wealth in Apple Podcasts and any other podcast app that accepts them. Your Money, Your Wealth is presented by Pure Financial Advisors. Click the Get an Assessment button in the podcast show notes at yourmoneyyourwealth.com or call 888 888- 
888-994-6257 and schedule a free financial assessment in person at one of our seven offices around the country or online at a date and time convenient for you no matter where you are. Chances are one of the experienced financial professionals on Joe and Big Al's team at Pure will be able to identify strategies that will help you create a more successful retirement. Pure Financial Advisors is a registered investment advisor. This show does not intend to provide personalized investment advice through this broadcast and does not represent that the securities or services discussed are suitable for any investor. Investors are advised not to rely on any information contained in the broadcast in the process of making a full and informed investment decision. Is that where all the family was, um, were they based out of Texas? I don't think so. Weren't they like in New York? I don't know. Yeah, I don't remember where they were based. I, I just, when I ever think of Edith, I think of that theme song that she sang. Yeah, my mom sings that thing. <laughs> Yeah, they were in the Astoria section of Queens. It was so bad, it was endearing, but you can only hear it like once a week. Otherwise, you go crazy. Once a week? Well, that because that's, that's, like that's... once in a lifetime. <laughs> no, I'm saying you can could... just play it over and over again. <laughs> no, no, I'm just saying the episodes came out once a week. I could handle it once a week. Oh. Uh, although usually <laughs> during that part, I would go get a drink or something. Got it. So, like, if you were going to binge it, you couldn't do it. You couldn't. Oh, we just have to fast forward the intro. <laughs> Chad, I had a buddy named Shad. Shad, really. Yeah, I haven't seen that name in quite some time. I've never heard that name. That's a cool name. Is it yeah. short for something? No. Shit. I don't I don't know. I, I've heard the name once, but now I can't even remember who it was, but I have heard the name. Yeah, he was a friend of mine. I don't know, maybe it's a southern name. When I was at the University of Florida, I met him. And this guy's in Kentucky. So. Yeah, it could be. I don't know. A rogue Chevy Avalanche. In other words, they're a Honda and Toyota family, but they but just they happened rogue? to have this. Yeah, they went rogue and got a Chevy Avalanche. Okay. All right. Ryan yeah. Hard Never heard of it. Beverage. Peach, apple, and cranberry. Oh, wow. Beer slash seltzer. It sounds kind of like it would be up your alley, Joe, since you've been drinking those wine coolers lately. Wine coolers. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> you've, been, you've been found Come out. <laughs> They're not wine coolers. Okay. Right? Oh, that's right. Spritzers. Yes. So it's, I don't know. You know, when you crack a Coors Line at nine o'clock on a Saturday morning on the golf course, you kind of feel like you might have a problem. <laughs> So if you, you know, you, you do a little White Claw or like a Truly or something, you know, people yeah. don't look at you weird. It's like, hey, where's your sponsor? You know, they're Got like, oh, you, you have a little fruity, you know. <laughs> you could have a hard craft beverage. I'm going to try this little Reinheist, Reinheist beverage. Reingeist Bubbles. Reingeist Bubbles. Uh, she, the wine coolers. 